Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. A little cloudy up here on my uh, Memorial Saturday up here in my Fort Collins studio, but warm and beautiful out. We might get a little rain this weekend, which we should never not like here. You know, isn't it funny how we know we need rain, we know we need water levels, and yet uh, when it's a nice weekend and we want to be out, we don't want it to rain, and I think we're all that way, but we do need the water, but hopefully we'll have a nice weekend. You'll get all your plans in. Sometime uh, during the week, though, this weekend, take a moment and remember what Memorial Day is all about. You know, we all think of Memorial Day as the start of summer, unofficial start of summer, and school's getting out, vacations are starting. Um, But Memorial Day started as a tribute to those who gave their lives so we could have the freedoms to enjoy the life we do in this country. So make sure you... uh, you take a moment and reflect on that. And, of course, if you have loved ones who've done that, make sure you honor them over this weekend. We're going to cover a lot of things today. Uh, water levels. We're going to cover fishing and water levels. And we're going to cover uh, the weather because, you know, we're going to either get a little bit of moisture or we're not. There's going to be potential fire dangers. The runoff's a little high. We'll be talking to Kirk's Fly Shop later in this hour about the Rocky Mountain National Park and the Big Thompson and the Colorado River, and we'll we'll also be uh, we'll also be talking to Nate Zelinsky about some lake trout fishing and other fishing. So we're going to cover a lot of that. So we're going to uh, we're just going to have a, a ton of stuff to talk about. In fact, let's get started. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Brad Peterson Outdoors is Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. How you doing this morning? I'm doing really good. We're sitting out on Boyd Lake, and uh, we've got a pretty good trout bite going on for some, you know, 15 to probably 18, 19-inch trout. Well, you know, I talk over and over about the trout in the Front Range lakes. Now, they get a little tougher later in the year, but in early spring, early summer, and fall, when the water's just a little cooler, um, not only are they heavily stocked by Parks and Wildlife, but there's some really good holdover fish like what you're talking about. And once they get big enough to start eating some of the shad and stuff, they can put on some weight, too. Yeah, these fish are real chunky. Um, they've definitely been in, at least from last fall, that some of them might have even been stocked last spring. But they're um, they're out here and, and definitely aggressively feeding but it's now you, it's unique because you were talking about water levels. Um, you know, Boyd's low right now, and I'm actually fishing an area that normally would be 30 feet of water, and it's only 13 feet, and it's a weed bed in an area that you would, you know, would never have a weed bed prior to the low water level. Now, for the trout, and I want to talk some of the other species too, but, but for the trout, what kind of presentation are you using over that weeds or grass? We're actually using the Mega Live, and we are, in a sense, video game fishing these fish. Uh, we found that small weed bed, and we're just going direct, you know, using that to look around and find exactly where the fish schools of fish are, 
and then we're just dropping a jig with a part of a night crawler down there and um, hanging it right above them and, and almost like you're ice fishing, you know, just just teasing them to come up and, and bite. But um, it's it's a lot of fun, and this, this new technology is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, we have the, the electronics have gotten so good. Uh, I, I remember first using Side, Side Finder back when I was with Bottom Line years ago. I used to be one of their featured pros, and then... Um, and then Humminbird bought them out in their technology, and they developed and took it to a whole new level. And, and then everybody, whether it's Garmin or Lowrance or Humminbird, they all have versions of these electronics now where you get these live views almost. And uh, it's if you haven't ever fished with it, folks, it's incredible. It's, it really does add a whole new level of fishing. What else is happening on Boyd, Brad? You've been out there a little bit. Are, are we seeing some walleyes take off, white bass, anything else? Yeah, the walleye bites happening. Uh, the white bass have slowed up just a touch. Uh, the smallmouth bites getting pretty good. Uh, they're starting to get on beds. The largemouth are a little bit spread out right now, but uh, overall, the water temperatures in the 60s and things are just really rolling right now. That's great. Now you mentioned low water. Now you shared an email with me later in the in the, or later the, earlier this week. I meant that we don't know for sure, depending on weather, whether Boyd will even get any more water. Is that right? Yeah. Right now, the prediction is that Boyd will not get any more water unless we have a whole lot of rain move in. Um, just the snowpack got absorbed and evaporated before it ever hit the river and the farmers have a demand for water coming to get the crops up and you know most of the reservoirs were created for the farmers so we get the benefit of having some recreation but we have to remember what the primary use of the water is yeah so as of right now Boyd is fishable the boat ramps are open the fishing is actually really good uh the water can drop there quite a bit and still maintain open for boating. It can, it has to get drastically low, but if they don't get more water, it's not only an irrigation reservoir, but it's a water supply for Greeley and a few other places. So it will drop. And, you know, the same thing could be true about the other northeastern reservoirs. Let's kind of go through those. What are you hearing as far as fishing water levels and maybe what's coming up on those lakes? Yeah, I think all of our northeast lakes are going to be concerned with water level. I know um, currently Sterling is dropping about a foot a week. Um, Pruitt and Jumbo are a little bit low. Uh, Jackson has not started dropping yet, but they all are, you know, kind of in that situation that as soon as the farmers make the call, they're going to start dropping them pretty quick. The fishing uh, out there. Jumbo has been a little bit tough. There's some bigger fish getting caught, but the numbers just aren't there the way they used to be. So if you're going to go there, the water is really clear. You need to target those uh, bigger fish. So don't plan on getting near the number of bites. Sterling is just on the edge of taking off. Um, Jackson has still been slow, but uh, Pruitt's probably the best one out there on the northeast right now. Yeah, and you know, listening to the biologists, Pruitt and Jackson actually have some of the best walleye populations out there. And Jackson has been slow to start. 
Uh, and it's it's a different kind of lake to fish. Now, Jackson's really a, a, a low, shallow bowl without a lot of structure. I haven't spent enough time on Jumbo and Pruitt. How do you approach those is, is the water level as it is right now, are those fish going to start suspending pretty soon? Or are they on structure? How do you go after the fish in those lakes? Right now, the uh, the bigger fish at, at uh, Jumbo are actually suspended, but usually they start hitting the weeds there pretty soon. And Pruitt is just a big bowl, and the best thing to do is put out some crankbaits, put out some planer boards, spread the distance out, and just cover water. Um, I would be heading towards the inlet if the water's flowing in. And usually you see that coming in. You, you cross over it on Highway 6 before you get towards the main entrance. If it's not coming in, then I'd head more towards the dam area. There's a little bit deeper water up coming in. Now, a lot of those lakes, too, they've changed a little bit of the way they manage them. They used to put a ton of wipers in all four of those lakes. But on a few of them, they've backed off a little bit. They're still putting wipers. They haven't quit. But I know Sterling, they backed off the number of wipers they stocked in order to try to reboost the crappie reproduction. And it seems to have worked. I've heard good things. Across those four, what have you heard about crappie, panfish, and other species? The crappie bite at uh, Sterling and Jumbo is really starting to take off. I would assume. I haven't heard about it at Pruitt, but I would think the same thing for Pruitt. Um, Pruitt has some monster crappies in it. It's got crappies over two pounds that have been netted out of there and caught. So they have some real big crappies down in that area. Uh, and the crappies with the water temperature starting to hit the 60s, the males are starting to move up into the trees and starting to do a little pre-spawn action. So what you need to do is take time trying to find those areas that those fish want. And the nice thing about crappies this time of year is if you find the type of bush they're in or the depth that they're in, you can go around and start fishing those type bushes or trees and more than likely uh, catch more fish. They're very patternable as far as where they're going to go set up to, to do the spawning. Yeah, you know, a lot of people struggle with crappies especially during the middle of the year when they're more suspended and they travel around a little bit. But this is the time of the year. You can really target them and have some fun. And they're prolific enough where you should harvest a few and take them home. Don't be, don't go overboard. But, you know, on a simple rig, I like throwing a jig and just swimming it back. But you can do it under a slip bobber. Or There's so many ways to fish them, right? Yeah, and, you know, having minnows is a nice thing. But it's not a necessity for this time of year. I like a little tube jig or a little, you know, straight tailed minnow in that one inch to, to maybe two inch size. Uh, white's always a good color. Kind of green and chartreuse would be my next go-to color and then probably pink and white. And the key is fall rate. Don't put too heavy of a jig head on there to where it just falls right down past those fish. So use a lighter jig head so you have a slow, steady fall on there and you're going to catch more fish because a lot, a lot of times those fish are in the bushes and they only have a small window to get out there and strike at the bait as it goes by. And if you put on something too heavy and it takes off before, um, you know, before you actually get there, you're you're in trouble there. Yeah, and that's a lot of times where I recommend people who aren't adept at counting down a jig and then swimming it out slowly 
to put a bobber on and throw the bobber in. And you can, if you, especially if you use a slip bobber, you can still give it a little action and then just adjust the depth until you find out where they're at. And that can be a deadly way. Also, a lot of the lakes where the water's already down, it doesn't hurt to cast jigs up around the riprap and the dams right now either. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. The, the riprap can be good and the trees can be good. It's, it's all real good. And, and you've got about another, oh, about till Father's Day that the crappies are going to be really effective. And I'm going to change gears on you, but before I do, I want to let people know in the second hour, um, Sean Early from Elkwoods Insurance is going to join us and he's going to give us a report. He's also an avid outdoorsman. And he was down at John Martin in his kayak last week, and they just totally killed the crappies. And he's going to give us an update on how they did that. But before I let you go, I want to switch gears on you. And with water levels and with we're not sure what's going on, a good alternative lake that that's not that far a drive from the front range is Glendale Reservoir in Wyoming. What are you hearing up there? The bite at Glendale has been on fire. Um, anywhere from the, the inlet down through Elkhorn into the Red Canyon area. All those areas are just just having a ton of, of good fish with jigging minnows. Uh, the plastic bite's just starting. There's a little bit of a suspended bite happening out on uh, the Muddy Bay area. So it's, it is prime time to be up at Glendo and going to continue that way for quite a while. Uh, and I'm now, I'm now starting to guide up there, so if people want information or, or looking for a trip, they can get a hold of me. No, I understand. We'll give them all that information, too. You know, one thing I want to make a point, you said jig and minnow. In Wyoming, you can't bring your own minnows. You have to buy them, or they have to be trapped at the water you're fishing. We're actually going to have Correct. a Wyoming, Wyoming fishing game on next week, but... So you can't take minnows up there with you, folks. But have you tried using an artificial soft plastic, like uh, a scented type, like I would use a gulp minnow or something? Have you tried any of those things? You know, the artificial plastics really start turning on right about now. It's early in the year. It's it's definitely a minnow bite, but we're kind of in that transition right now. So um, I like using those, and I like using paddle tails or, or twisters. Those Those will start really producing. And now that we've got leeches out, uh, there is a good slip bobber bite that starts as, as the weed growth and brush starts coming up. So, and, you know, that's that's another option up there. The one thing, if you are going to take your boat up there, make sure you know the Wyoming rules. You need to get that, that AIS sticker to, to load, and you need to make sure that you're inspected uh, if you're going into their state. And we are going to um, have a whole segment on that next weekend with Wyoming Fishing Game. And by the way, if you have your seal on from Colorado, they accept that as being inspected. So we'll cover how that works. You you do still have to stop at the inspection station. Right. You still have to stop. And we'll cover all that next week. Um, The other thing, I'm going to take about 20 seconds more. We're running over time here. But Glendo... As we transition towards the end of June, those fish really suspend. And if you're adept at trolling planer boards and shallow crankbaits, uh, you can virtually harvest walleyes up there. At least that's the way it's been in the past, Brad. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the case. And, you know, there's good numbers. And it's it's one that you can, you can get on just this time of year. You can pretty much catch them any way you want to go catch them. 
All right, my friend, we are out of time. If people want to book a trip or more information, how do they find you? Uh, either look me up on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors or give me a call or a text at 303-829-3998. All right. Go catch some more fish. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, we'll do it. We've, we've already caught five while we've been on the phone with you. All right. Thanks. Sounds fantastic. Brad Peterson right. from Brad Peterson. Brad Peterson from Brad Peterson Outdoors. Um, as far as fishing Glendo, too, if you go to my YouTube channel, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, there are two videos that Gary Darling and I did trolling for those walleyes up there where we virtually just, just had an incredible outing. So take a look at that. Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube. We're going to take a time out. When we get back, Parks and Wildlife is going to join us, and we're going to tell you how to have a great Memorial Day weekend right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. The Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Band, presented in part by Jack Outdoor Gear. Jack's has locations up and down the front range. If you're an outdoor enthusiast, you need to check one out. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is uh, Andrew Egley. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. It's a uh, a little cloudy here, but a beautiful day. You know, we're in the Memorial Weekend, which is the unofficial beginning of summer. Everybody's getting out there. They've got lots of activities going on, but Parks and Wildlife doesn't want them to stop now. You've got activities coming up all summer long, including a very special one next weekend, and that's Free Fishing Weekend, right? Yeah, Free Fishing Weekend is kind of an annual thing for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So every, every year, the first full weekend in June, uh, which happens to be next weekend, it's free fishing weekend, which means no licenses are required for anybody anywhere in the state. Uh, it's that Saturday and Sunday, go out there, take a friend who's never been fishing before, get them out there. It's totally free, perfect opportunity to go out there and check it out. I couldn't agree more. You know, and there's a few instances like suppose you have a younger person that you want to take them out and get them started fishing that's a neighbor or uh, 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 a relative and you don't have a license yet, well, you can still take them out and you can help and you can fish. You have to be a little careful of that if you don't, even if they're not old enough where they need one, but if even if they're old enough, they don't need to have one. So it gives you that opportunity. And how many people that fish don't have extra fishing gear? I mean, I even have a couple extra rods myself. So, but, <laughs> but we, um, We've got, uh, you know, this is, uh, you don't have to make it a fancy trip. A lot of the ponds right now have panfish that are close to shore. Or if you have a boat, that's fine or a favorite place. But there's a lot of opportunities to get out there. And let, you can go out and with almost no investment, buy a, buy a can of worms and go out and put them on the end of a hook and a bobber and catch some panfish and just have, have the most fun you can think of. And that'll get, you know, people excited. They want to catch fish. You know, along with all the things of summer and all that, too, you guys um, put on a lot of events celebrating summer and that. In fact, one of them is uh, the out, Get Outdoors Days down in Colorado Springs. Tell me about that. Yeah, there's actually two Get Outdoors Days. Uh, they're both next weekend during Free Fishing Weekend, uh, which is ideal. Uh, you can do these uh, great activities plus go fishing and don't have to worry about a license. So there's one in Colorado Springs, like you mentioned, 
that one is at uh, Prospect Lake in Colorado Springs. That's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on June the 4th, so next Saturday. And we're giving out 1,000 free rods and reels at that event. So the first 1,000 kids that show up are leaving with a free rod and reel. There's also going to be biking, kayaking, stand-up paddle boarding. Uh, there'll be demonstrations of fly fishing as well as spin casting, uh, even some uh, shooting demonstrations. Um, that's at the Colorado Springs one at Prospect Lake. There's one in Denver as well at Garfield Park, Garfield Lake Park. That one's from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And the first 500 kids at that event will go with a, a rod and reel combo. There's going to be food trucks, a climbing wall, uh, paddle boarding, vendors, uh, live music and entertainment. Uh, so those two Get Outdoors Days events uh, are going to be amazing. Oh, it sounds terrific. Is there information available online for those? Can they go to Parks and Wildlife's website or do they go to separate websites? Do you know? Uh, all those events are listed on CPW's website. So cpw.state.co.us and then just click the calendar button and that'll show you all the upcoming events. Um, most of the, those Get Outdoors Days also have their own websites, but they're linked uh, from the CPW website. So if you go to CPW, you can find information on both of those events. And, you know, if you're lazy like me, you don't try to remember that .co.us. I just Google Parks and Wildlife. It comes right up, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Easy to find. And, you know, while you're there, you guys have a ton of other online resources like where and how to fish, where and how to hunt, apps for your phone, fishing reports. Tell us about some of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, one of my favorites is the Fishing Atlas. If you go to the CPW website and in the search bar, type in Fishing Atlas. Uh, it's a map of the entire state. You got little pins on all the lakes. Maybe not all the lakes. We're, we haven't uh, surveyed every single lake uh, in the state, but almost every lake. Uh, you can search for family-friendly destinations. You can search for uh, areas that have uh, fishing piers that are uh, ex uh, handicap accessible. Um, you can even search by a species of fish. So if you're like, I've never caught a grayling, you can go in there and just click grayling. It'll bring up every single lake in the state that has grayling or uh, a golden trout. I've done that myself. I wanted to catch a golden trout, went on there, found the closest lake with golden trout, hiked up to it, and sure enough, there were golden trout in it. Yeah, it's really great, and it, 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 it doesn't just do major bodies of water. It does all the little ponds throughout the metro areas, and most of them are stocked with panfish and bass, and there's always almost always something close. And you mentioned the calendar, too. All those events we talked about are in on that calendar, plus you're continually putting on clinics in conjunction with other other organizations, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm actually at a clinic right now. It starts up at 10 o'clock. It's with Denver Parks and Rec. It's uh, how to become an outdoors woman, uh, focusing on uh, getting uh, women outside, doing some fishing. Uh, next weekend for Free Fishing Weekend, we're partnering with the Adams County Sheriff's Office at the Adams County Fairgrounds. Uh, first 400 kid there get a free rod and reel. Uh, Denver Police Department at the Rocky Mountain Arsenal next weekend as well, um, as well as some fishing derbies at Palmer Lake and then uh, Clear Valley or Clear Creek Valley Park in Arvada. We're doing some fishing clinics there for kids. Um, a really cool one is, uh, I don't know if you, your listeners can hear you out there, but near John Martin Reservoir out near uh, Los Animas, um, they're doing a kind of a uh, field the table thing where it's a kids fishing derby, but they also have a celebrity chef who's going to do some filleting demonstrations and cooking after the de uh, after the kids' derby. Uh, that's also next weekend out at uh, John Martin Reservoir. 
But also in the second hour, we're going to have a report on the crappie fishing from John Martin, which is on fire right now. You can even do it from shore or a kayak. And you might want to go there for the fishing clinic, go catch some crappies after you learn how to cook them. Sounds like uh, could be a great weekend for somebody who wants to travel, maybe camp down there. But the, I think the bottom line is there's tons of activities and probably the best thing you can do right now. Remember, next weekend, you don't need a fishing license on Saturday and Sunday. Nobody does. Take somebody out. Even if you've got your license, take somebody out that doesn't. But then I would check the online resources for these events. Andre, I, Andre, I, I think it's just fantastic. Well, yeah, me too. I, it's a great weekend next weekend to go out. I mean, every weekend's a great weekend to go out. Uh, but next weekend, I encourage all your listeners to take somebody who's never been fishing before. They don't need a license, no hoops to jump through. Uh, just get them out there and pardon the pun, but get them hooked. All right, my friend. Thank you. Lots going on. Thanks to Parks and Wildlife for promoting all this. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me. You bet. That's Colorado Parks and Wildlife has so much going on this next weekend, this weekend. We're going to talk more about this weekend, too, in a minute. But there's just so much going on and so many resources. We're going to talk some more maybe about some of the resources that you can find from Parks and Wildlife. All that and more coming up on Terry Wicksham Outdoors, presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Whether you're fishing, hunting, kayaking, grilling, you need to stop by a Jack's store and check them out. Let's go to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Travis Duncan. Good morning, Travis. Hey, morning, Terry. It's uh, a little cloudy here, but warm. How is it where you are? Yeah, same. <laughs> Just yeah, cloudy and warm. It, it, we uh, Memorial Weekend, kind of the unofficial start of summer. And then when you add to that, all the activities like we were talking to Andre about that are coming up from Parks and Wildlife in the next few weeks. And then the people getting out and you add that add an additional factor that a lot of people over the last two years or so that weren't into the outdoors much are gotten into it or gotten back into it. So they uh, they're not necessarily they're not trying to avoid doing what's right and safe, but maybe they're not aware of what's safe and right and how to handle things outdoors. And we want to talk about that a little bit. And and I think some of the things you wanted to talk about were just some safety tips for people who are getting out. And I think the first one, and there's several parts to it is know before you go, don't you? Yeah. So we're, we've definitely seen a, a big increase in folks getting, getting outside, getting on, uh, getting out and recreating on public land, uh, and at state parks, uh, our state park visitations have, have gone up, uh, each year of the past three years. And, um, so we are reminding all those new recreators or folks who, who are getting outside to, to think about the leave no trace principles and, uh, planning ahead and preparing, or like we say, know before you go. So thinking of weather conditions or um, you know, if you are heading to a state park or a state wildlife area to, to look at what recreational activities are allowed on that property, especially with our SWAs where not all recreation on those properties is, is appropriate because they protect critical wildlife habit, habitat. Um, but yeah, things like, you know, if you're, if you're heading out in the car outdoors and it's a, it's going to be a, a hot day, right? A, a summer day, you're going to need sunscreen. You're going to need to bring water and, and research ahead of time and, and look at what activities are, are allowed in that area just so you know you're, you're, you're going to be good to go when you get there. 
Yeah, I think that's those are great points. Know the area, know what it's going to take, know what you could get exposed to, and be prepared. Also, know your own own limitations. No, you know, don't try hiking up a fourteener if you're a novice hiker who's out of shape, or or don't don't go out into a, maybe a kayak or paddleboard situation in potentially dangerous weather if you don't understand how to handle those. I mean, I think. Sometimes it's about understanding the place and what's available, like you said, but also understanding yourself. And you mentioned take with what you need, like sunscreen and things like that, but also make sure you have the proper licenses, passes, and things like that. And, you know, when we, you know, Travis, you and I go over these safety tips and regulations quite a bit. And one of the things, we don't, we don't want to discourage people. Well, we want people out there. We just want them to make it enjoyable both for them and everybody else, and we don't want any tragedies, right? Definitely, yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a positive thing that we've got so many people getting getting outside in Colorado, right? It's uh, We know we live in a, an amazing state with amazing amazing wildlife, amazing um, natural resources, and so um, it's, a good, it's a good problem, but we, we definitely um, – with so many more, more folks out, I just want to spread those words of how to, how to best interact in the outdoors, how to, how to do things uh, like, like keeping our wildlife wild, not, not feeding wildlife, not getting too close to wildlife, uh, things like that, just so we're, we're protecting Colorado for future generations. Well, and you know, the outdoors in these trying times, what we've come through, things that go on in the world, um, the outdoors, I've always thought of it as one of the best bonding and therapeutic experiences you can do, especially for me if there's water involved, but some people it's just the top of a mountain. There's there's something truly therapeutic about nature and getting out, and it can, it can help you escape from a lot of what's going on in the world and just take a breath. Uh, you mentioned the keep wildlife wild. That's one that really hits a hot spot with me. Um, this time of the year, everybody wants to go out. And everybody wants to take their dogs and everybody wants a selfie. Um, I see pictures every week of people backing up by a moose or an elk or even a bear trying to get a selfie. And I just, it just makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up. I'm afraid for them and for the animal. Yeah, we, we definitely, we definitely spread that message each year, especially around this time as more folks are getting out and seeing wildlife just how important it is to, uh, to, to keep your distance, uh, so you're not stressing that animal. You're, you're keeping that, that animal wild and you're, you're not endangering the animal or yourself. So, uh, we'd like to, to share the, the tip to, to hold your, your arm out or your hand out at arm's length and put your thumb up and you should be able to cover that, that animal with, with your thumb, uh, for an appropriate distance. And if you're looking to get those really good wildlife photos, you know, you know, consider investing in some optics, some some long lens uh, lenses for cameras, or using binoculars to to get in and look at look at those animals, but still be able to give them that appropriate distance. And another one we need to remind people of is uh, dogs on a leash. Um, you, you're, you can think you have the most well-behaved trained dog. You take a dog up in moose country, and you're just asking for trouble. You know, it's true. Every this happens. Folks get out on a nice trail in Colorado, and they they want to let their dog off leash and, and let their dog run, and, and so they let it off, and it gets a little ahead of them, and um, might encounter a moose, and then a lot of times what happens is that the moose will chase the dog right back to the owner, and then um, you've got a situation where you you could have a pet injured, you you could be seriously injured. Um, you know, moose are can be extremely territorial, and just you, they're they're it's really important to give a moose plenty of space, and so um, having a dog off leash. 
uh, just can can really create a dangerous situation very quickly. So definitely encourage folks um, when they're out on the trails to, to have their dog on a leash. You know, a couple other things I want to touch on. We're running out of time. Obviously, we're in the boating season. Um, it's just as illegal to drive a boat intoxicated as it is a car. So boats over. And really, we've got National Safe Boating Week coming up. Make sure you, fall, you know, just have the proper safety equipment. Enjoy the water, but have understand, really understand what you're doing out there. Fire season, if we don't get more rain, we know we're going to just be so careful with fires. But another one I know that you think about quite a bit is people get out into situations they can't handle. And then our search and rescue crews, who are volunteers, get stretched thin and they maybe can't respond to some very dire situations. That's true, Terry. Yep. Bringing it back to that, that know before you go and knowing your limitations. Um, with so many more folks out, backcountry search and rescue operations can be stretched extremely thin uh, if you know, just with there, just with so many more people out on the landscape, and so um, it's always important, but but maybe never more important than right now to to know your limitations, to to be safe out there, and to not get yourself into into situations um, you know where you where you'll need backcountry search and rescue assistance. All right, Travis, we're out of time, but thanks. It's always good to remind people as they get out on these busy summer weekends. We want them to have fun, but do it the right way and enjoy yourself. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Terry. You bet. Travis Duncan, Parks and Wild. Folks, get out there, but really understand what you're doing. Have fun. If you don't think you're capable of the activity you're going, hire a guide or join an organization or find somebody that is good at it, that mentor you and teach you, but do get out and enjoy the outdoors. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to take you fly fishing in the Big Thompson area, see what's going on there in Rocky Mountain National Park. And Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're just a teardrop in my eyes each night I cry myself to sleep. You're just a memory. Teardrop in my eyes. One of the cuts out of uh, my recently reduced, re- released EP with Wickstrom uh, and Dobrith. There's four songs on there. Take a listen. Just just, just search Wickstrom and Dobrith at wherever you stream music or on social media. But let's get back to the outdoors. Let's go to the phones. And we're being joined by Kirk's Fly Shop. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Gary. Yes, it is. All right. How are you this morning? What's the weather up there in Estes Park? Like? Oh, it's about, about a perfect day as you can have on a Memorial Day weekend. It's a great kickoff for the summer. It's... Uh, you know, nice, a little cool this morning, but it'd be about 70 degrees by mid-afternoon. No, there's no reason to go to, yeah, no reason to go to Estes or the park. I mean, just because there's beautiful views, good fishing, <laughs> lots of fun shops. I mean, why would right. I want to waste my time up there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, you, uh, you guys are located. Well, you're in Estes. You're right at the gateway to one of the most beautiful places in the U.S. And it has some great fishing too. And we'll get to that. But let's start. The, with uh, first of all, what are you seeing snowpack wise? Is there still quite a bit? Of, I'm hearing from all over the state such mixed reports. Um, uh, you guys cover both sides of the Continental Divide up there, both sides of the park. What are you seeing for runoff right now, and what's to come? Well, it, uh, the runoff right now is is starting. It, we're running about 300 behind the shop. It'll peak at about 900 here in about two weeks. So peak of runoffs every. Every year, peaks second week of June, 
no matter what the people want it to be, it'll peak in about two weeks at around 900. Our snowpack is a little above normal. We've had a couple of real good snows up high in the last two weeks. Makes a big difference. So we'll be above normal here uh, on the west side, uh, on the Grand Lake side. Uh, we have a flash up there, as you mentioned. That's a little bit lower, a little bit drier, and it uh, dried and it starts coming out pretty early. Uh, so it's it's uh, not not as good a runoff, but the fishing is going to be really good. Now let's let's talk a little bit about the runoff behind your shop. Of course, is the Big Thompson River, right. and that comes that comes out of the park. We'll get up to the park in a minute. But as it flows by your shop, even if it gets high there, then it's captured in Lake Estes, and it's more of a controlled release down the river. So how is the Big Thompson fishing, and how is it, how do you expect it to continue to fish? Yeah, the fishing is great, and as you mentioned, it you know it's captured in Lake Estes, and then it's diverted down the tunnel down, down to Pinewood. So we're very fortunate, no matter how high it gets behind the shop on runoff, we have you know, never gets above about 500 CFS running down to Thompson, which is still very fishable. Right now it's running at about 130 CFS, which is ideal, easy wading, great fishing. Uh, we're just getting into the the salmon fly part of it, so the Pat's rubber leg is a, is a really good nymph to be using, as well as the other standard ones of of uh, pheasant tails, rainbow warriors, and things like that. So, and the, the river now, if people haven't kept up over the last few years. I know, you know, of course, it was devastated. Gosh, what's it, about nine years ago now when the flood was? Yeah, but, 2013, yeah. And, uh, but that river is really, they did a great job of rebuilding the structure in that river, and it fishes pretty good from top to bottom, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It fishes great, a lot of that. It, it is, as you mentioned, the natural part of the recovery takes a little while, but it's really back to as good or better because they've added some nice structure back in, especially on the lower sections of it. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it's fished any better than it has right now. It was a little while getting through that uh, recovery time, but it's great now. And North Fork coming into it in Drake is also fishing well. What about the other side going down? To, you've got uh, you've got a shop down by Grand Lake. What about the uh, the Colorado River? Are you drifting? What do you what are you seeing for? Are you walk waiting that at all? Yeah, well, we're doing both. Uh, we had a little about two weeks ago. They they did some flush of the ash from uh, from the fire that went through there. That was pretty pretty devastating fire. That had a pretty good impact initially when that flush was going. That's pretty well cleared out, so the floats we're doing uh, on the Colorado have been very successful here the last week. And then the, the streams coming into Grand Lake, like the upper uh, Colorado River, that's in uh, coming up to the peak of runoff. So it's a little trickier fishing, but it's, it'll fish really good here shortly. Um, so... Yeah. What about the park? Go ahead, Gary. The, the park, yeah. It, it, the water's running high, but if you we've got a lot of nice winding river section, so all those inside bends carry a lot of fish. If you 
uh, if you concentrate on that, small streamers work well. And then this time of year, the San Juan worm is always a, a great one because that high water will bring the worms out of the banks. Now, I imagine you're fishing the park. You're fishing, mostly fishing the park in the lower stretches right now. The upper stretches. Oh, yeah, still yeah. If, you know, about 9,500 is as high as they've gone. It's ice free. You get up there in that high elevation that most people want to get to, and people have already tried to get to it and are getting cut off by snow banks and ice. Uh, yeah, the, those tend to be open around the end of June. So. Uh, people are anxious to get up there, and that's that's great. But they're going to find maybe just a little open in the inlet and outlet, but the ice won't be off of those until the end of June. Right now, see, you're at about 9,500 clear of ice. Now, you guys, you guys at the shop, you cater. You have a, a a very large guide staff and very very professional. And you don't only book way in advance, but you cater a lot to people who are. You know, coming to Estes for the weekend or looking for a quick trip. How far in advance do I have to call you guys if I want to book a, a fly trip with you? Well, on the on the, the four, or six, or eight hour walk and wait trip, we can usually get you in with two days of notice. We like more than that, you know. On a busy day like today, we have everybody out, so it's a little. It would have been good to have you reserve ahead of time. We could accommodate everybody, but we we try to get everybody in on. Uh, a two days notice at the at the minimum. Uh, you know our our backpack trips, our llama pack trips, uh, float trips uh, definitely need a lot more time than uh, than that. Uh, a couple weeks in advance is ideal for that. When you met, but your your backpack pack trips and your llama trips, they're not only have to be fishing trips; they can be just camping trips, right? Oh yeah, we have a lot of people that want to just. Uh, camp, uh, camp, backpack in, or have the llamas carry their gear in, and and they aren't uh, fisher people as as much as just getting out in the outdoors and having a good time. We also have a lot of people that would like to have a llama along on the day hike, and we accommodate that as well. I'll tell you one thing. One time we did a television show where we used the llamas to carry the camera gear in. That meant I had to walk and try to keep up with Kirk. And that about killed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kirk hasn't slowed down any, but but I have. <laughs> hey, Gary, tell people where you're located and how they yeah. find you. Yeah, we're at 230 East Elkhorn Avenue in downtown Estes Park, back right up to the Big Thompson River, a couple doors east of the Dairy Queen and the Dairy Queen parking lot. So, uh, yeah, you get the middle of downtown. We're across from City Hall right now. They're out there in the park across from us there's the arts festival which is every memorial day weekend uh so yeah you, you can't miss us if you get the uh, middle of downtown estes park and kirksflyshop.com if you want to look online right that's right all right my friend we will let you go and sounds like you got some good stuff going on in a busy weekend thanks for calling in well thank you terry it's an honor to have you call us all right, thanks. That's Gary from Kirk's Gary from Kirk's Fly Shop. Great organization. By the way, if you go to my YouTube channel, the uh, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, we probably have a half a dozen shows. We took horseback in with Kirk. We fished the Big Thompson two or three places, including the middle of winter. We took a llama trip with Kirk. Uh, we've just done a lot of shows with them because they're great people. And those are all available on the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. We're going to take a time out. 
When we get back, one of our favorite contributors will join us, and we'll talk more fishing on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.